This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome once again to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barcelia. This has been an exciting week for much of the continental United States. There was a total solar eclipse earlier this week on Monday, and many people, many Americans, got to see a total solar eclipse for the very first time. And you may be asking yourself, what does that have to do with line dancing? The experience of awe. Being awed by something and just um, how that changes your life, I think, relates very directly, especially if you've ever done one of Guyton or Fred's dances. <laughs> I, I did Fragile just last night to like clean it up a little bit, uh, getting all the transitions down, and that, man, it just flows through you. So, we're going to open today with a little discussion of awe. And our first article today is What is Awe? A definition and three ways to live an awesome life. <clears throat> this is from PositivePsychologyProgram.com, written by the powers that be on that website. <clears throat> <clears throat> we all have the leading part in the play of our life. Our aims and goals seem very important, and time has long been added to the list of scarce resources. But every now and then, a moment of awe manages to challenge our understanding of the world. As a result, we feel pleasantly insignificant and connected to the whole world. Whether it be the birth of a child, the sunrise from the top of a mountain, or your favorite sports team winning, Experiencing awe is a very powerful source of happiness. Not surprisingly, cutting-edge research shows that the answer to a truly awesome life may lie in, that's right, experiencing awe. An unforgettable experience with awe. It happened just after dinner, on a cold winter's evening in northern Lapland. Our northern lights alarm went off. We stared at it in disbelief. Could it be true? We jumped up and hurried to put on several layers of clothing in order to avoid freezing while standing outside, staring at the clear, finished sky. As soon as we had left the log cabin and looked up, we saw it. A beautiful green aurora borealis was mysteriously hovering across the sky. It was nothing short of breathtaking. We couldn't help but staring at the... We couldn't help but stare, perhaps, at the ghost-like light which was slowly moving above us. No one spoke. We stood there for hours until we could no longer feel our fingers and toes. It was a moment of awe none of us will ever forget. What is awe? Awe is an emotional response to stimuli and has been defined as the feeling of being in the presence of something vast and greater than the self that exceeds current knowledge structures. Similar to awe, transcendence is one of the 24 character strengths as defined by VIA, Virtues in Action. 
Building on those strengths has also shown to improve well-being and lead to flourishing. Interestingly, however, compared to other positive emotions, awe does not make us smile. So, experiencing awe has a broadening effect on our thoughts and actions and help us to build lasting resources. What triggers awe? As Keltner and Haight, 2003, outline, there are many awe-inducing stimuli. Originally experienced during religious or spiritual events, a feeling of awe has been recorded when an individual encounters contact with a higher power. Especially in Eastern cultures, people feel awe toward powerful individuals. Today's main triggers of awe, however, are philosophical ones, such as literature, music, painting, <clears throat> cough, cough, dance, and viewing landscapes. Awe is typically experienced in response to stimuli like natural wonders, stunning sunrises, or events such as childbirth. Two aspects to awe, vastness and accommodation. According to Keltner and Haight, 2003, experiencing awe is connected with two essential aspects, a perceived vastness and a need for accommodation. Vastness refers to the feeling of something perceived much larger than the self. Indeed, experiences of awe have found to lead to feelings of a diminished sense of self. Piff, Dietz, Feinberg, Stenkato, and Keltner, 2015. This experience challenges the concept of ourselves and the world around us. Accordingly, we may fail to make sense of the vastness we are experiencing. As a result, we need to adjust our understanding of the world and our place within it in order to make sense of an awe-inspiring event. Accommodation Our mental structures expand in order to accommodate what we have just experienced. Keltner and Haight, 2003, highlight that the need for accommodation may or may not be met, which may partially explain why awe can be both terrifying when one fails to understand and enlightening when one succeeds. Benefits of Awe There is only a handful of studies on awe, and it is still considered a cutting-edge topic in positive psychology. Mikaluk, 2015. But recent findings are tantalizing and promising. When showing emotions such as gratitude or love, we run the risk of being unreciprocated or even exploited. Hence, helping others may often come at an expense to oneself. Piff et al. 2015 found that awe can serve as a vital social function. As it increases pro-social behavior by directing our attention away from our own benefit and toward the greater good. They argue that experiencing awe can result in a shift in attention toward larger entities and diminishment of the individual self. In an analysis across five studies, they concluded that individuals experiencing awe are more likely to exhibit generosity, helpfulness, and decreased entitlement. Similarly, Rudd et al., 2012, found that participants who were exposed to feeling awe rather than other emotions were more willing to give time by volunteering. Hence, experiencing awe may increase the willingness to engage in altruistic behavior, which has found to also benefit the person acting altruistically. What is more, Rudd et al., 2012, argue that awe also has an impact on our decision-making. Participants who experienced awe were more likely to prefer experiences over material goods. Pursuing experiences is intrinsically motivated action, and as research on motivation and well-being shows, intrinsically motivated behavior is more likely to lead to the happiness-enhancing experience of flow. Finally, 
all has found to have the tendency to bring people into the present moment. Shiota and Keltner, 2007. In a study which consisted of three experiments with 63 students, Rudd et al., 2012, found that awe may increase the perception that time is plentiful and therefore reduce impatience. The Impact of Awe on Happiness and Well-Being The concept that certain emotions and mind states may alter how we perceive time is not new in positive psychology. Research by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi on the concept of flow, as well as studies on mindfulness, Kabat-Zinn, 2003, have come to the same conclusion. This is particularly relevant because perceived time availability has been linked to life choices which affect happiness and well-being. If we perceive time to be abundant, we are more likely to eat healthily, help others in distress, and engage in leisure activities. So experiencing awe may, similar to flow, increase our level of happiness over time and make life feel more satisfying, Rudd et al., 2012. According to Kelther and Haight, 2003, even a small dose of awe gave participants a momentary boost in life satisfaction. This highlights the importance of cultivating awe in everyday life. Three Suggestions to Living a Truly Awesome Life So, how can we translate the theory of awe into making our lives more awesome? Here are five suggestions. Why not try one today? Walk in nature whenever you can. Studies have found that direct exposure to nature, viewing nature through windows, and viewing images of nature are restorative. Berman, Jonides, and Kaplan, 2008. Kaplan, 1995. So if you can, use your lunch break to go for a walk through a nearby park or watch a nature video on YouTube. If you do get the chance to go outside, be mindful while walking. Take in the air, the sounds, and the surroundings. Look out for the small things and be mesmerized by what you may find. As you mindfully examine the treasures of nature, you may experience awe by seeing the clouds floating in the sky. Let's take a moment here to discuss this particular tip, walk in nature whenever you can. I know that when we were filming our Can't Walk Away video, we definitely spent some time dancing in nature. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. uh, on sides of cliffs. Around cow patties. <laughs> um, we did it at the pier as well. Yes, that was goose patties. <laughs> Big ones. Um, yeah, I know that I always feel better when I have that moment of nature and just sitting outside watching birds flying and hearing, you know, the sounds of like wind going through trees and the smells. And I'm, I'm certainly one that prefers to be near water. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm very much a uh, water baby. Mm. Uh, and so I, I love being around that kind of stuff. I know I was very blessed uh, when I spent some time in Colorado, I got, uh, I was, I don't remember what park I was taken to, but um, uh, Joe and I stopped at, at a park and just like really just took a moment to 
take in the sights, walk around a little bit. Um, actually, I guess technically two parks. One was a national park and one was a little park. Uh, the national park, just you could see hills for days. Um, and on a clear on a clear day, you could see all the way to Pikes Peak, which is, is really neat. Um, and we got to stop on the side of the road and see the buffalo. Mm. So that was really cool. And then there was another little park that we walked around, which was like Alice in Wonderland themed. And there was ducks. And it was just really fun and nice and relaxing. It was a nice way to reset yourself. Um, Which when you go to all these dance events, you know, a lot of times you don't think to like even really leave the hotel room or the ballroom. So, you know, maybe it's something that a nice way to take a moment and just be outside Hmm. during your dinner break or something. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, uh, it is such an indoor activity because of the controlled environment of speakers and dance floor and like having your room be upstairs. It's, it's very, very indoorsy, but, um, it would be interesting to see how the experience would change for better or worse, being out in an uncontrolled environment like nature. I wonder what it would... I wonder what would be necessary. Like, if you were someplace like Yosemite and you just, like, cleared a space, like, what kind of floor would you need to put down so that you could have sort of a ballroom experience but being surrounded by nature? I know also that we imprint... uh, Especially like when we're um, definitely when we're learning, but also choreographing. Yeah, you imprint on what was around you the first time you experienced certain movements. Like uh, the only dance that I've ever tried to learn in the kitchen here at you know where I live was um, oh, it's the one by I think it's pronounced Malena. M-A-L-E-N-E, and Rachel, oh, oh, Won't Tell a Soul. I knew it started with a W, and I knew it wasn't a waiting game. But anyway, Won't Tell a Soul. I still remember being in the kitchen in the middle of the night, trying to do that one really quietly, and that's the only place I've ever done it. Um, I remember the ones that we've learned in the garage, and I remember when we were first looking at like the rocking chair in Can't Walk Away at the classroom at Sonoma State. If you had the ability to clear a space in nature... And imprint on all that. That would be something. Like you wouldn't have to think of, you know, whatever spills are on the ground or like whatever uh, is hanging on the wall. And you're like, how long has that been there? Has that always been there? Like getting your mind distracted. If you were in nature while you got to imprint on the new workshops that you were learning from and uh, the temperature changes as the sun moves, that would make, I think, for a very rich dance experience and you would really deeply remember those dances that you learned on those spots might be something to look into oh you mean like how uh i learned new flow in the parking lot of starbucks at 11 o'clock at night yes (laughs) yes i think we we did skinny love in a parking lot uh as well that was the dragon magic night yeah that was an interesting night came by with Dragon magic. I don't even know how to explain that to confetti. anybody. Confetti, yeah. And then like the dog that was in her arms and yeah, that yeah. one fellow who drove by and we weren't sure whether he was going to join um, us as well. I remember learning Forever 
at the little gazebo um, in uh, Katadi. Yes, that's uh, that little and, park, which uh, is Andy actually Grammer forever. Yeah, um, uh, as as choreographed by Roy Hedisabrodo and possibly others. Yes, um, I remember learning that one in that little gazebo, which is actually in Can't Walk Away. Yes, uh, the sixty-four counts that we do of the dance at the beginning the of Can't beginning. Walk Away—that is—that um, is the gazebo to which we refer. Yeah, that's that. I remember learning it there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also taken to when I can being outside um, in the little—I guess lack of a better term—hallway, which is not really a hallway uh, behind my my place of employment during my breaks. Oh yeah. Like the air, air space. Like it, let's say if you were in a, in the city and you had a whole bunch of apartments that had an open space behind them, that would be like the air shaft. This would be like the equivalent of that, except the buildings are only like one or two stories and nobody goes in this back area either. Yeah. It's, it's a authorized personnel only. Right. And, um, it's like kind of like your back emergency exit or like a loading zone. That, yeah. Like what would be a loading zone? Only it's a very small air, small place that backs up to the back of target. So it's enclosed and there's a, another gate and, you know, another door to go inside to the mall, but like it's open. There's no, there's no, um, roof or anything in this particular area. Um, and I know, like, on nice sunny days, I'll be out there and just kind of just, you know, taking a breather or whatever and go over some different movements and steps. I've I've played around with choreography back there. Hmm. So I like being outside when I'm learning. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to have that different, like, feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly imprint because I know uh, Love Remains – I still have totally imprinted in the particular room that we we uh, learned that in. I'll be like, okay, this is where the mirrors were. This is where the door is. This is where the spinning bikes are. Mm-hmm. So every time I step on the floor, like I have that image mm-hmm. in my head. So it'd be nice to have pretty, you know, scenery around me. And this is also a great place to plug Palm Springs Winter Break, which is coming up in January. There are some very tall, very impressive mountains. Uh, just outside the area mm-hmm. where we will be doing workshops all day. So if anyone wants to come down and check that out, you'll have uh, a lot of nature to look around at there. A lot of palm trees, too, as you might expect in Palm Springs. Next on the list. <clears throat> Make the most of every travel experience. Yes, it is nice not having to get up early every morning during a holiday. But you may miss out on a spectacular and long-lasting experience by sleeping in. So next time you are in a different country, get up early enough to see the sunrise. Drive up the hill, go down to the beach, or climb on those rocks, and you will be sure to feel like you are on top of the world. Enjoy the feeling of transcendence and awe and the beauty around you as nature or the city is starting to awake. Traveling for business means that you have plenty of opportunities to nurture the need for awe. New places offer great novelty experiences as long as you make the time to explore. Whenever you feel that you lack the time to indulge in awe-enhancing activities, remember that time is subjective and that experiencing awe will relativize that feeling. So I know normally, up until recently anyways, um, anytime we've traveled on one of these 
events that is out of state for us. Um, we pretty much fly in, hit the ground running, dance, 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 run to the airport because we're, we've spent so much time dancing that we're almost late and fly back home. Um, I know we like the very late night dancing, so we tend to miss the early morning workshops. Um, however, I know we flew in early into Colorado, which was beneficial even though we were originally trying to go out and see Colorado. Um, we ended up staying and resting the whole day, which from what I have been told was actually a very smart thing to do considering the... Um, Elevation difference, um, it helped us prevent from getting elevation sickness. So that was probably a good thing. But we did originally want to go and see some of Colorado. Uh, but I was fortunate enough, to, once I stayed with Joe, I got that experience being somewhere else and actually being able to see some of what's around and some of the nice, you know, nature and, you know, just in general, the difference in just daily activities um, and the different areas and how pretty it was and the different architecture for the buildings and stuff like that. Um, I then was beneficial to fly in early to Florida. And although I didn't go out and like truly experience Florida, I did, however, get to spend the day just kind of relaxing and easing into it by the pool and just kind of got that experience that I wouldn't normally have gotten um, otherwise because normally would have just flown in and from what I remember you were like minutes to when we needed to go live for the radio show so we really would have hit the ground running on that one um, and so it's nice to think that you know like some of these experiences I've actually been able to associate some really positive outside of dance experiences to them, um, which I think has actually really built on my attachment to these events. Cause I remember in Palm Springs, I drove down to Palm Springs. Um, and so I had my car down there. And so we were able to go a couple other places, even if it was just like the, you know, the grocery store or whatever, because we were driving from the hotel to where the event was, we got to see those giant mountains. Um, I know we met some people out for dinner afterwards and just kind of took in the little bit of scenery that was of the downtown area um, of Palm Springs. And that outside of the line dance event really helped to make the most of the event. Um, and so it's, it's kind of something that I want to start looking into. I know we've discussed uh, going to Rob Fowler's big event in Disneyland Paris, and I'm looking to see how I can't take a couple extra days because it's Paris. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, since I'm going to be flying out there, I really want to be able to do some things out there that really make the most of the the trip. A few points that they mentioned here also have um, relevance with dance experiences that you, uh, that I or you or we have had. Climb on those rocks, they say. And we filmed a demo doing Chaos for Kicks on rocks yes, at the top of uh, Grandview Park in San Francisco. I would not recommend it to people out of safety obligations, 
Um, I, I feel like I should disclaim that right now, but um, it's definitely an experience. It's so high up on this giant sand dune in the middle of San Francisco. You get a great view, and that also checks off the box here for a drive up the hill. It's a very <laughs> steep, steep hill that we drove up, as well as Gravity Hill, which was uh, featured prominently in Can't Walk Away. Yes. Uh, get up early enough to see the sunrise. I recall a late night out in front of Stoney's Rock and Rodeo, chatting with our dear friend Cat Painter. We didn't get up early. We just stayed up really late. We sure did. We went uh, home, or at least headed toward home, after the sun was a pretty bright light blue. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one here, go down to the beach. I don't think we've done that yet with dancing. I imagine it would be difficult in sand uh, to get traction and change directions, but it, it could be done if you choreograph uh, in a specific way for sand. Uh, to be fair, I, I have danced in sand before. That's uh, one of the first places I met our friend Leah hmm. was out on the beach and we were doing line dancing in the sand. Oh, right. Gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it's a little bit challenging. I'm not going to deny that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it makes for a fun experience. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up. Leave your comfort zone once every day. You do not need to go on a holiday to experience awe. The feeling of wonder and amazement and the sense of vastness can catch us anywhere and anytime. It may be the star-filled sky on a clear night or the snow-topped mountains on the horizon. But most importantly, we need to be able to see the beauty in the ordinary. This is most easily done by leaving the comfort zone, because due to the effort and courage it takes, and the novelty effect of a new situation, we are more likely to be mindful and aware of our surroundings. Or in other words, watching your favorite show on television is not likely to provide an awesome experience. So find out where your comfort zone ends and go that one step further. Hike up that mountain, go for a walk at midnight, visit a museum, attend a concert, or a sporting event, or climb the tallest building in your city. You normally would not do that? Great. Do it, and see what happens. The comfort zone is a nice place, but nothing ever grows there. Um... Essentially what comes to mind when it, you're talking about comfort zones is pretty much everything I've done in the last year when it comes to line dancing. Mm. Uh, learning the dances I've learned, challenging myself for the difficulty level or the counts. Or, First thing that came to mind for me was taking me to church. Um, stuff like that. The choreographing. Things. Choreography is such so far out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, you're extremely vulnerable, extremely vulnerable when it comes to uh, choreography and that was just something that although I really really enjoy it is still very scary um, teaching teaching is way out of my comfort zone and yet it's something that I love to do um, so yeah I mean there's so much when it comes to dance that is out of my comfort zone of just being another person on the dance floor um, playing with the dance trying new things, uh, taking a dance that I wouldn't normally take, um, you know, like one of the softer waltz lessons or something like that, or even, you know, so much as, uh, what, hairspray at oh. Northwest Line Dance Blast. Or I Don't Mind, which was at the same event. Yeah. Um, you know, like certain ones that 
are outside of my comfort zone and they've helped me grow exponentially. Yeah, definitely a, a lot of uh, what you said resonates with me as well. Uh, definitely the, t the taking of dances and the attempting of dances that seemed like such monsters before, like Take Me to Church and a few uh, of Guyton and or Fred's other dances. Uh, they make your body do things that you wouldn't think to do on counts that you don't even hear. <laughs> uh, but then when you see them do them, like they make it look like the most natural thing in the world. So you realize that there must be some gap between what I'm currently doing and what they are able to do. And by bridging that, you become able to do those things and you grow, as they've mentioned about nothing growing in the comfort zone. Uh, also teaching large groups, uh, teaching at Stoney's to a, a packed floor, very loud people, which is different, very different from teaching Sonoma State Lion Dance Club with like a dozen people who are all quietly waiting to hear what you're going to say. At Stoney's, you just kind of, you have who you have. And um, it can be not an uncomfortable experience exactly, but um, a suspenseful experience to, to not know how the ultimate playthrough of the song is going to go. Did they learn it? Were they learning it while they were talking? Uh, are the people in the back able to see? Will they be able to participate when we play the song? That was new. Um, even just like the first few times teaching at Hot Monk with our 50 or so people, That's even that's different yeah. from teaching club, even though they're more... Um, inclined to listen and do the lesson you're still like up on stage in front of all those people and they all think that you know what you're doing yeah. eventually you do but the first Hopefully. time you do it like that anytime you're doing it for the first time that is the first time you've ever done it mm -hmm. so you you have to go through that experience before it becomes more normal exactly even wow even just being photographed at events like going to some place like northwest line dance blast and people saying hey oh can we take our picture with you like, Oh, sure. Yes, let's all get in there. And you don't ask too many questions about why do they want it? Us? Who <laughs> are we? Out loud, you don't ask. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's a, a new experience that's outside of what you would normally do when you're just doing life locally. Yeah. Yeah, but um, those things do make you a more social. Uh, person and you feel more comfortable helping people after you've wall led for how many times uh, which even then like that can be a new experience when you when you are just dancing completely for yourself and then after a while you're like oh man I know this dance backwards and forwards this person here is trying to follow it yeah I'll, I'll tell them where that where the wall is gonna go next and which way they should start turning things like that on the floor after a while that turns into oh why not do it with a microphone? I can do this in the front of a class instead of on a side wall. Little things start to add up and your comfort zone gets a lot broader. Yes. A take-home message. Awe is one of ten positive emotions which broaden our thoughts and actions and build lasting resource to flourishing in life. Resources. Resources to flourishing in life. Studies record that participants who experienced awe were less impatient since they felt they had more time available and therefore were more willing to donate their time to volunteering, which is a great source of subjective happiness and well-being. Further, 
Experiencing awe made participants choose experiences over material goods, which is another source of happiness. Experiencing awe makes us feel small and puts things into perspective. Awe can be experienced in any situation with a perceptually vast stimuli. You know best, you know, you know best, what it is that will give you a sense of awe and transcendence. Especially if it takes a bit of courage, effort, or overcoming, you know you are on the right track. Because sometimes, we need to leave our comfort zone in order to truly gain. For some positive emotions, watch Jill Sharga's humorous TED Talk on 10 Truly Awesome Things. This has been an article from PositivePsychologyProgram.com. Next up, in a related vein, by Amy M. Gordon on PsychologyToday.com. Six ways to find awe in your everyday life. Awe has many benefits, and finding it can be as simple as walking out your door. When we think about experiencing awe, the stories that come to mind are often rare and life-changing events. For me, the experiences that come readily to mind include visiting Paris for the first time after dreaming about it for years, snorkeling in clear tropical waters amidst pools of colorful fish, and visiting ancient ruins that brought to mind images of those living there thousands of years ago. These experiences evoke wonder and amazement. They aren't just pleasurable, they're transformative, encouraging us to contemplate the meaning of life and see ourselves as part of a larger picture. Psychologists are busy at work trying to understand more about awe, why it exists, and how experiencing awe changes us. So far, they found that after experiencing awe, people feel that they have more time and are part of something bigger. They are also more generous to other people and more satisfied with their lives. And there may even be a link between awe and health. Recent research shows that people who tend to feel a lot of awe have fewer pro-inflammatory cytokines. The bottom line. Awe appears to be more than just a pleasant experience. It may also boost health and well-being and help people form and maintain relationships. The benefits of awe are all well and good, but how often can we actually reap those benefits? How often do we really get to have the types of experiences that inspire awe? More often than you might think. The studies being done on awe aren't flying people to the Great Wall of China or taking them snorkeling in the tropics. These studies use simple methods to inspire awe in the lab. So we can take away more from these studies than just their results. We can also take away the knowledge that we don't need to be standing at the peak of Mount Everest to feel awe and reap its benefits. We can get a bit of that right here at home, just by walking out our front doors or clicking the right buttons on our computer. Five ways to feel awe in your everyday life. Number one, take a hike up a mountain. The key ingredient in awe is a sense of vastness, a feeling that you are looking at something immense and much larger than yourself. If you have a nearby mountain you can hike on the weekends or a skyscraper you can visit, take a day to go to the top and admire the view. 
So mine's a little bit more metaphorical than that. Um, however, we have danced on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, I know turning around on stage at Pike's Peak and seeing all of those people taking Joe's lesson of our dance just it it stunned me it it left me breathless to know that all of these people are taking a dance lesson of our choreographed dance our little dance that we were just happy to have something that we shared together that potentially maybe some of our friends might learn that was taught by Joe Thompson Zemanski. I remember that whole entire feeling was just so surreal. And I felt so amazing. And at the same time that I felt amazing, it was also one of those where I felt just a teeny tiny piece of this ginormous puzzle knowing that all of these people are come from all over um, to and took this lesson. They chose to take this lesson. That's their choice. That's their timeline. That's their story. And here we are all together experiencing it. Um, and it really put some interesting thoughts of perspective in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, that was... Absolutely, just it was crazy. We experienced that again recently at uh, Judy Romankov's free social at Swiss Park in Newark when somebody apparently requested Can't Walk Away for the playlist. And again, we were in the front of the room. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I looked back. <laughs> right? And there were all those people. Right. Who somehow knew our dance. Or at least were willing to attempt to follow it. Yeah, yeah the floor was packed all the way to the door. Um, it was it was kind of amazing. Yeah. And you can get some sense of this as well from watching videos of one reason when Guyton Roy and Fiona taught it in Vegas last year in twenty sixteen, where the cameras focused on them at the front at first just to see how you know they're doing the dance and uh, get their take on it and then as happens in many dance videos the camera person pans out to all the people in the room taking this same lesson like doing the demo with them and that definitely checks off what they're saying here the key ingredient in awe is a sense of vastness, a feeling that you are looking at something immense and much larger than yourself. This also probably partly explains why the video of Ain't Misbehaving at the Crystal Boot Awards has been so widely spread, as well as the video of all of those line dancers dancing, where was that? In um, Europe somewhere, I think? It was on the, it was on a dam where oh, yeah. they they were all lined up in, I think, two or three rows and they were all doing this same dance. All the, and you could see, like, they were different groups. There were people wearing their, like, team shirts. And uh, they had their small groups intermixed with 
everyone else in the overall large group. And I think they were trying to break a record for for doing a, a line dance with that many people. There are also videos in China where they've broken records doing uh, line dances um, together. I think theirs were more about quantity, whereas the folks um, in Europe were doing like length or something like that. Okay. And you definitely get that vast feeling. Um, yeah, with with the Crystal Boot Awards, it's it's an additional twist to have everyone in all of their nice formal wear. Right. Yeah, that's something that you don't usually see with with line dance videos, and it makes you feel like you want to be part of it. You just want to like swim in that water. Yeah. Yeah, and it's available to everyone, even if at the time you don't you you have trouble picturing it because you're in your small community center class where only six people were able to make it that week. If you go out to these events, you you realize like that little tiny dance that I learned with you know a few other people is part of this greater whole. It was like a puddle that then flows into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the the things I I like a lot about line dance is that uh, global aspect to it. Number two, read stories about people doing inspiring things. Vastness isn't just about physical size. It can also be about someone's immense talents. Reading stories about people who have done amazing things in history or the present day can inspire awe. Yesterday, I read a brief article about the newest MacArthur geniuses, as well as a prior genius who invented a way to restore vision to people who are losing their sight. How amazing is that? Of course, reading about people who have accomplished a lot can have the unpleasant side effect of making us feel bad in comparison. So take care to not let the inspiring stories you read bring you down. Instead, focus on the stories you know that you will find inspiring, whether it's a brief news article, a biography about a historical great, or the tale of an amazing invention. So there's a couple things that come to mind in this one. One, thanks to you... We have all of those podcast episodes of all of the choreographers and how then the, some of the questions you ask is like how they got their start and, you know, like what it means to them. And so you get to hear hear from them about like their journeys and what they've overcome. So that becomes a perspective thing that it is achievable for you. Um, but if you ever just want to be... God, just emotionally moved, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Watch Rachel do poetry in motion or speechless. Watch Fred perform unsteady. Mm -hmm. Um, We have some amazing talent at our fingertips with some of these choreographers and these dancers and these instructors and take those few minutes and just let yourself be swept away in the emotions of these songs um, and how they perform them. Or, you know, watching um, Roy and anytime he does an isolation anything. Um, I know I was very impressed with him uh, during Vegas when he did his uh, robot routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robo Roy, I think is what they called him. Um, it was very cool. Um but to see these people just perform the way they do is is breathtaking. Mm. So 
Uh, yeah, when you mentioned Roy, the two that, that come to mind for me are watching him do Skinny Love, as well as one of the videos we watched where he was completely in sync with Fiona doing Take Me to the Water. Yes. Those were very, very moving pieces. Even, uh, and we haven't seen this in a while, because I don't think he's actually formally released it, but um, Once in a While, which we learned in Vegas, it's very well matched to the music, which is hard to do for that music. Like, you don't really know what mood to go for with it, and he captures it very well. Um, so yeah, just even watching videos, if you're if you're not able to replicate what it is they do yet, uh, then just seeing them do it, it can be enough reason to not learn the dance, just so you can watch. Uh, Joe and Raymond, last year in Vegas, mm-hmm. what was the piece that they danced to? That is a great question, I, and I'm going to look that up right now. I cannot recall at the moment, um, but it was it was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was uh, just... On the tip of your tongue. Yes, and it's driving me nuts. I know it was an Elvis song. Oh, yes, it would have been an Elvis song, wouldn't it? Yeah, cause I think yeah, I we think did I recall that. On Let's the Elvis can, night. Let's see what we can find here. Looks like there is a video. Oh, that's uh that's just Roy, or Raymond. So that's <laughs> on Egyptian night. And let's see if we can find it anywhere. Oh, it's a waltz. Let's see what this waltz was. Oh, it's probably Are You Lonesome Tonight. Oh, so, I think that's it. Yeah, that's um that's one of the Elvis tracks that I recall singing at uh, gigs before. But yeah, let's see. Watching them move together is absolutely stunning. Yep, there it is. Are you lonesome tonight? Are you lonesome tonight? So if you go on YouTube and you look up, I mean, you could probably find it from a few different sources, but uh, the one that we just found was Joe Thompson, Szymanski, and Raymond Sarlemagne Waltz. And in the description, it says, Vegas Dance Explosion, Elvis Night, November 13, 2016. Music, Are You Lonesome Tonight? So I'm sure that'll give us something to watch after this episode concludes. Yeah. Speaking of Joe, (laughs) I would highly recommend that you give a look to joethompson.blogspot.com. I will read the description at the top of the page. Joe's battle with aplastic anemia. In November 2004, Joe and I, this is Tim speaking, Joe and I found out that we were going to have a baby. At the same time, Joe was diagnosed with aplastic anemia a medical term that means her bone marrow was failing. It was no longer doing its job of producing white blood cells, red blood cells, and platelets. On June 17, 2005, Joe gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, Anna Claire Zamansky. Anna's health was perfect and has continued to be perfect. This blog is dedicated to Joe's journey along the road to recovery. It is several pages long. I'm going to scroll down to the bottom to see how many pages it is. I started to read the first page and went backwards uh, chronologically, and then I realized that doesn't make much sense. Let me start over from the top. And uh, since going from the oldest posts uh, on the page, which I think stretch back as far as uh, 2000... Let's see. There's 2005 there. I'm going to go back even further. And now we've got Anna dressed as a pumpkin. All right, the first post on here is Sunday, October 16th, 2005. And the page that I currently am on is uh, two pages newer than that. And that is Wednesday, June 6th, 2007. These updates continue all the way to about the present day. 
And if we click on the heading at the top, it takes you to Saturday, June 24th, 2017. New shoulder, good as new. I also recommend... Um, be- in, in addition to uh, to just reading about everything Joe has gone through to dance the way she does now and just live the way that she does now, it's also great for just reading Tim's sense of humor because he is so fun to read. He puts something in every post that makes you smile and you can tell just how much he loves Joe and loves his family. And I, I think he was probably one of the biggest parts of her complete recovery, um, keeping things positive and light. And I think we would all be blessed to have somebody like him in our lives. So that's definitely an example, as we look at number two here, of reading stories about people doing inspiring things. If she can do all that with a smile on her face and not complaining, then we can get through traffic. <laughs> Number three, look at old pictures you took on your most amazing trip. Have you gone somewhere awe-inspiring before? Did you take photos of the trip? Taking an evening to go back through these old photos will not only inspire awe, they will also inspire happiness and many other positive emotions. Joy, pride, gratitude, nostalgia. Even better, if you had companions on the trip, look at the photos with them and retell your tales. Uh, one of my favorite things right now is because it's it's upcoming and it's a uh, an anniversary benchmark is watching stuff from Vegas Dance Explosion last year. Um, a lot of videos. Uh, fortunately, we have access to so much videos um, and photos for all of these different things thanks to social media pretty much everybody has access to them nowadays um so that's really cool but i love going back because that's kind of the start of my journey was this event um and that's what like really got me hooked and so watching those old uh videos also shows me um who was on the dance floor at the time and what variations they may have done as well as just looking at how far I've come and where I was at as a dancer then and now versus now. Um, that's really cool. I know just the other day I was going through the pictures I took when I was in Colorado. Um, and those were really fun to watch or, or like look through and, and smile. Um, Stuff like that. I know I like looking at old pictures from uh, when we used to dance at Mavericks mm. before it closed years ago. Um, of all of my friends and I had just having fun and it just really helped, um, you know, just have that nostalgic and that appreciation um, going through me. And it kind of just reminded me that, you know, a small little something like a picture with my friends goofing off can mean the world to me because I remember everything about that night thanks to that picture. That picture just stimulates everything and starts running. Um, I know, you know, like, the pictures are really fun to look back on at um, all the events I've gone through through the year, through the year, as well as, like, videos. And, and I mean, thank heavens for people like Jesse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Jody, 
Like they take lots of videos, so that's helpful. Linda Turner Thompson. Yeah. 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 One of the experiences that still seems unreal with even after you know meeting Rachel and like getting to know her as a person and uh, having having sort of you've got this like ongoing uh, relationship of being able to talk to her about like lip sense and whatnot. At the time, this experience that I had at Windy City Line Dance Mania last year was just like, how is this happening? How is this my life? Um, we had learned Funk and Feel It that summer. Mm-hmm. And we were doing it everywhere. Yes. Anywhere uh, we possibly could. Yes. We were pretty obsessed with it. And just, I mean, there are videos we have on YouTube of like just the two of us doing it at Hot Monk Tavern Sebastopol. So I think it would be safe to say that by October, we knew that dance. <laughs> Uh, somehow, that made me think it was okay <laughs> to offer uh, to demo that dance, which she was teaching, uh, at Windy City with Rachel. So, um, there is a video that is titled on Jesse Chan's uh, YouTube account, Funk and Feel It Line Dance with Rachel McEnany White Demo at WCLDM 2016. And... At one of the major line dance events of the year, this random country bar dancer who had only been to Vegas before this uh, does a demo of Funk and Feel It with Rachel. So, yeah. <laughs> that definitely is uh, is one of these items for number three. Look at old pictures you took on your most amazing trip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doesn't seem like real life. Um, anyway. Number four. <clears throat> Go somewhere new nearby. It can be difficult to feel a lot of awe towards the same old sights you see every day, even if they are beautiful. But you don't have to go far to find something new. Try taking a hike on a trail you've never been to. Go for a walk in a different neighborhood in your city. Or visit a museum you haven't visited before. After living in the same city for years, I started running and discovered a creek with a running trail not far from my house that inspired a bit of awe each time I ran down it. Now that it is fall, I am looking forward to taking in the awe-inspiring reds and oranges as the trees change colors on my walk to work. Being a tourist in your own city can open up your eyes to wondrous new experiences, and you might feel a second helping of amazement when you realize that something awesome was just down the street and you had no idea. I think this counts for taking classes you've never taken before. Like, okay. how long did we live here and oh. not know that Brenda was teaching in Sebastopol? Or if or, we knew, we were just like, oh, yeah, I guess there's some kind of fitness center class. Joan Price, Brenda. We'll get to that one of these days. Or Dolly in Runner Park. Or Dolly. Yeah. Right. Like, there, we still haven't been to Anita's classes. Nope, not Maybe yet. we'll go there and it'll knock us out of our metaphorical boots. Not that I ever wear boots. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it also depends on what your definition of nearby was. I mean, because mm. although it is a track, you know, Davis and Stoney's, they're still technically nearby. They're just not right down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and how long were those around? And we only thought that, you know, Mavericks was was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even as regularly as we go to Stoney's now, Reno is only two hours more than that. Yep. That's the same distance as getting us from here to Stoney's. And that seems like it's this whole other world, whole other scene. They do different dances. They do them to different songs. And 
they're kind of this tucked away pocket of of lion dance in and of itself, and it's not that far. Or Bakersfield, which we just recently saw on one of our road trips. They're another little pocket, and you know, they're four hours away. Um, all of SoCal is maybe seven hours away to its furthest point. Yeah. And that that has so much to offer, so many people, and it's within driving distance. That's less than a day. That's less than a third of a day. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's also, I mean, San Francisco. Like, I'm so excited that we're going to have Wild Wild West here in less than, what, two weeks now? Mm. Um, that's an event that's nearby that's really exciting. This year, we're way blessed in having worlds in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, like, we look at those and we're like, it would be silly for us not to go to these events, seeing mm-hmm. as they're, you know, in our backyard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean... Lots to discover nearby. Mm-hmm. And also, as as we read earlier about going out into nature, I like what they say here about uh, the changing changing colors in the trees. If we were to go out right now and have a very imprinting, uh, deep nature experience doing some dances in some place, we can go to that same place in three months and it'll look a lot different. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Number five, hang out with a child. The world is new, vast, and awe-inspiring for children. And Megan, spending time with little kids <laughs> it's true. is an immersion in awe. Each of the little things we take for granted, water, music, trees, inspires awe in them. And being around them, you can't help but catch a bit of that awe yourself. My daughter is currently obsessed with the moon, and we go on moonwalks to look for it at night. I hadn't thought much of the moon in years, but now I feel awe as I watch the bright, beautiful orb wax and wane each month. Children are also awe-inspiring because they are learning and growing so quickly. I am still trying to wrap my head around the fact that my daughter is suddenly speaking in sentences. I can't quite grasp how she figured out the proper elements of speech. We are an amazing species. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, I'm very easily amused and immersed in uh, what is out there and what is an option for me. Um, from what I'm told, I'm quite interesting when I'm in a Disney environment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, True. heads up. No, um, <laughs> um, I know one of my favorite things that I've gotten to experience over the last year is fun in the sun because of the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my heavens. They were so cool to hang out with. They were so much fun. They had such an appreciation. Um, they just, they were almost fearless to a point that I was envious. Uh, just getting out there and trying new things and just having a blast. Um, it, it certainly opened my eyes on how to see things differently. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to Wild Wild West because it's going to be our friend Jackie's first event. Um, and I, I just I want to see her in that environment so badly. I want to see her eyes light up as if she was a kid at Disneyland or something like that, just with everything that's going on. And because, you know, I know what can happen at these events. I know... You know, with an event like with Rachel and Fred, 
it's going to be one of those events that, you know, you're going to get something good. Mm-hmm. And I know that she is just going to be absolutely shocked and, you know, like blown away by the ability that these two individuals have and then to know that there's going to be so many other people on the floor sharing that same experience i just i can't wait to see it Mm -hmm. um and that helps me with making sure that i'm aware that this is something to be cherished it is something that doesn't happen every day and even if i was fortunate enough to go to um, events every weekend, you're going to get a different experience at each event because you're never going to have the same people on the floor in the exact same way for the exact same song ever again. Yeah. yeah one of the things that I really appreciate about Hot Monk in Novato and Twin Oaks Roadhouse in Pengrove is that they open up dancing to all ages. And you do see people bring in very young kids. Jeff has his kids there once in a while. Mm-hmm. And you know he'll give them the spotlight to do Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nay Nay. And, uh, in Novato, you'll see kids trying to follow dances. And like you say, they don't think it's impossible. They think, well, I'll just do it. Yeah. There's, there isn't really a whole lot of thought. They just do it. <laughs> right. And no one tells them, like, no, this one's too hard for you. You're not going to get it. You're going to fail, and everyone's going to point and laugh at you. And yet, when we get older, we think that's actually going to happen. Uh, right? The kids, they don't, they haven't lived enough um, of those fearful experiences. They haven't hit middle school yet. So <laughs> they don't think terrible things are going to happen. They think it's all just fun, and I love that. And I yeah. want to be around more of that. I think that um, it would be nice if, if more events did open up like a kid's class or things like that. I'm sure there's like a whole set of responsibilities that the event managers would have to take on just to accommodate that, but I think it would be worth it. And it definitely does um, what I think Jen says in her interview, Jen Cameron, uh, uh, it sort of prepares the new generation. We won't all get to do this dancing if it's just us forever. Like Mm -hmm. eventually there won't be anyone left on the floor. We've got to get more people in there and, you know, start them so that they're heading down that path and ready to take over from all of us. Yep. Number six, watch Planet Earth. If you haven't watched the BBC series Planet Earth, you should put it in your queue. The sweeping scenes of our home planet can inspire even the most stoic. Brief clips of this series are often used to elicit awe in the lab. I don't typically like to watch nature shows, but I greatly enjoyed this series. Watch it on the biggest screen you can. And it doesn't have to be planet Earth. Thanks to the internet, there are many awe-inspiring videos that are just a click away. People overcoming challenges, amazing nature scenes, stunning photography. How do you find awe in your everyday life? What was your most awe-inspiring experience? This was Six Ways to Find Awe in Your Everyday Life by Amy M. Gordon, Ph.D. on psychologytoday.com. What do you think about Planet Earth? Have you seen the series? Oh, yes, I own it. On Blu-ray. Nice. (laughs) Um, I love those nature shows. I'm addicted to them. Mm. Um, And I think it is because it gives me that overwhelming sense of 
like and it's very it's a weird combination of insignificance at the same time of being connected mm. like it's a very interesting balance between those two particular feelings and it's just really cool to know how the world can work mm-hmm. um i know there's tons of amazing photos um running around facebook at least um from our recent eclipse uh that are really cool that you're like now that's totally photoshopped but it's not you know um yeah i mean i think we're we're all very blessed to be a part of this uh planet earth as you would say i like how they're able to film things like mass migrations of herds as well as flocks of birds and like schools of fish because whenever i see that i think about line dance and line dancers and how we have our version of that as well Mm -hmm. where we're all moving together and sharing this experience even though all of us are slightly you know we're doing it a little bit differently based on our individual place on the floor and in our bodies in our life we're still able to kind kind of agree on that regardless of where we are in any other mental field like politics or religion or whatever else and, yeah. and it doesn't require any of us to say anything or justify anything or prove anything. We're just allowed to be and do something beautiful for a little while. And I like the way that they capture that in nature. It does make us feel like we're connected to that in our own way. Yep, absolutely. We have another article also on the topic of awe. And this one covers some different aspects that we actually haven't hit in our other articles. This one is Three Ways to Experience More Awe in Your Life by Homaira Kabir on my.happify.com. When you think of fear, what comes to mind? Is it that irrational and delusional overreaction that we all recognize and yet struggle with? Or is it something more magical? Amazing, almost divine. Fear has many expressions, and some languages have multiple words for it. In Hebrew, for example, pashad is the fear of imagined things, the one that considers a first date to be a life-threatening event. But then there's also yirah, the fear that descends on us when we're about to touch something larger than ourselves. Yirah doesn't close us down the way pashad does. In fact, it opens us up mentally, physically, even spiritually. We feel connected to something deeply authentic, whether it's nature or humanity. We feel moved to do something. We feel awed. This feeling is as fearful as it is amazing. Kirk Schneider, Ph.D. author of Rediscovery of Awe, says, Awe is the commingling of dread, veneration, and wonder. It makes us feel we belong to a much greater intelligence. It reminds us of the insignificance of our worries amidst the mystery and sacredness around us. It motivates us to take altruistic action and leave something of ourselves behind in the world. If one thing is certain, it's that awe keeps our egos in check. This has positive effects on our emotions. In his book, Awe, The Delights and Dangers of Our Eleventh Emotion, Paul Pearsall writes about the role of awe in helping us move through sadness with gratitude and acceptance. 
Many of our negative feelings, such as loneliness and rejection, are best overcome by moving beyond our infatuation with our own happiness and finding it in giving ourselves fully to others and the world. So, how can we cultivate this magical feeling? Open up to the world. The human body is unique in the energy it consumes in relation to its size, and we're not talking about greed. The brain is an energy hog. For just about 4% of body weight, it uses up to 20% of our energy. To be efficient, it tries shortcuts. One such shortcut is what psychologist Daniel Kahneman calls fast thinking, the automatic and subconscious neural system that bypasses the slower and more deliberate conscious one. Although it's great in times of crisis, it can be totally disconnected with reality, given that it relies on building coherence with our existing mental frameworks. Exposing ourselves to different people, cultures, and viewpoints opens us up to the richness of our lives, when we're all, where we're able to hold multiple and complex frameworks and cherish the awesomeness of life. One of the best parts about, I think, line dancing is that you get to travel. Hmm. You get to see and be a part of different groups of people uh, that otherwise wouldn't even, you know, pass each other on the street because, you know, here we are flying out to Florida and we're flying out to Colorado and Vegas and Chicago and hopefully next year we'll be across seas. Um, You know, it's not people that you would get to meet every day. And from what I've seen so far is each group has a completely different dynamic in how it functions as a whole and so to be a part of that is really cool um to know that you know we could do a dance over here like you know ain't misbehaving and they're doing it over in blackpool england and they're doing it in australia and they're doing it in canada and you know like it's a really cool feeling to know that you are a part of this bigger um this bigger world but you can also come together and really learn from one another. Even in the line dance world, there are these, I guess, sort of divisions of style, like soul line dancing Mm -hmm. and Catalan style line dance, where they, they still wear the hats and the boots and the buckles and the matching outfits. And they do... Almost exclusively, I mean, pretty much what I've seen is all country music uh, in Italy and Spain and Mm -hmm. and Germany. And they're still line dancers. And then you have country bar line dancers here where they're kind of doing a similar country thing with like their baseball caps and their affliction T-shirts. And they will probably never go to an event in any of these countries and um, and then you have the events, which can range all over the place in age level um, and difficulty level. But we're all line dancers. And I think if any of us saw each other on the street, we wouldn't know that about each other immediately. But as soon as we find out, we immediately feel that connection and that like for the person, even if we don't know any of the same dances. Yep. 
it's nice to have that, um, and, and we've mentioned this in previous episodes before, it's nice to have that feeling that you would cut a person all kinds of slack. Like, let's say something happens in traffic outside an event, and it's a line dancer who merges ahead of you. You would say, oh, please go right ahead. Like, you, you've got somewhere to be, and you give a little wave. Like, it's a it's a fellow dancer. Like, it's different somehow. Because if nothing else, you have that. We don't have that same guarantee with everyone otherwise. Even if it's, you know, a fellow American, we don't really have that shared sense of, oh, well, it's an American. No, we're the problems we have are with each other. <laughs> so we don't cut each other any kind of slack for that. Uh, even if you're in the same town, most of these cities nowadays, like, they're too big to feel like you know everyone. If it's a small town, then you know, you know exactly who who pulled ahead of you, and it's probably someone who lives two houses down. Right. So you're not going to blow it out of proportion. You're just going to say, oh, okay, yeah, there they go with their truck. That's fine. They have somewhere they need to be. I think um, having the connection we do with line dancers around the world, it's like having a small town distributed across several ballrooms in several countries. Because we know each other's names, we recognize each other, and we remember the last time we saw them at an event, but they live in Australia. Right. Yeah. Or for many of our listeners, the UK. (laughs) Shout out. Appreciate the passage of time. Just as embracing everything around us broadens our perspective, appreciating the passage of time lengthens it. It allows us to see the world from the long lens of perspective and become aware of our place in a large continuation filled with mystery and wonder. Nature is one of the best ways to achieve this. Spending time outdoors, watching the sunset or the sunrise, observing flowers that bloom and die, or the seasons that come and go. All of this make us witness, all of this makes us witness, to a vast flow of continual rebirth. Volunteering at places that serve others, such as hospice centers, animal shelters, or nursing homes, is another way of reminding ourselves that life is a temporary gift. And visiting museums and art galleries call our attention to the genius of the human spirit and the civilizations that once were. I know I'd mentioned it just earlier today about how I'm really excited about the idea of Vegas coming up because it's my one year anniversary to getting into this um I like the idea of what I've been able to see uh journey wise of myself but also of say like you because we've spent so much time together over the last year and like where you were in your dancing and your choreography and all of that at the beginning of the this year and now where you're at now, it's really cool to see that growth. Um, I know that stuff like that is rare. Um, being able to be a part of something for so long that you get to see that. Um, and that's one of the few things that I think attracts me to the older dances the late night classics as you would say um because that's where we came from Mm -hmm. and it's really cool to see where some of this started 
and now where we're at um, and seeing the differences and being able to really appreciate um, all of the difference uh, or the different styles that have come out of it. Whereas before it was just, you know, X. Now we have the whole alphabet that we get to choose from, um, which really allows people to enjoy um, what they feel like they can um, relate to the most. Um, it's really cool to look through the archives and find those uh, fun diamonds in the rough that we didn't know about otherwise. Just recently we were talking about Neil Hale uh, because I found an article on dorisvoltz.com slash 2013neilhale.html. And the first sentence is, Neil Hale first stepped onto the dance scene in the early 80s, teaching line dance on the Swiss Park stage in Fremont, California. And I thought, we were just there. We were just there. We got to be part of that free social. Uh-huh. And see all of these classic dances being done, like Prancing Pony and... Um, Unfortunately, they didn't. Unless they did it before we got there, they didn't do um, hot tamales. Uh, at Boots and Buckles, we've seen them do Yeehaw by Simon. Like all of these things that precede us, but are still kept alive amidst. She used to be mine well, and cruising. Like that... did they did they, did they do cruising while we were there? I'm not sure if they did cruising while we were there, but still, it's one of those that's like almost at every event I've seen. The next sentence here says, He choreographed Cruisin' in 1989. <laughs> the worldwide hit continues to be taught and danced in clubs around the world in 2005. Yeah, I mean, I know we just did Cruisin'. Um, oh, where was the most recent place other than, like... Twin Oaks? Twin Oaks or... Um, even uh Even here, I'm thinking event-wise. I feel like we did it at... We might have done it at Fun in the Sun. We almost certainly did it at Pikes Peak. Yes. Because we would have done it Contra. I think, actually, we yes. probably did do it Contra Pikes, Pikes Peak. Pikes Peak, we did it Contra because that's when Michael and Michelle joined us Contra. Yes. So, and I'm almost positive we did it at Fun in the Sun. So mm. it's like, I mean, it's still one of those big dances and it's really cool to know that that came from a place in which we get to attend events at. We mm. get to go and dance there and be on the same floor as where he used to teach. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird how before when we were going to Mavericks, we would look at a location and just think it's it's a far drive. Why would why would we drive 2 hours when we can go 20 minutes and just you know do Mavericks and do those dances? Why would we want to learn these other dances that quote aren't done anywhere or aren't done in our area? When we instead would prefer to just bring our request list of stuff we already know from home and then insert ourselves into everyone else's playlist. And I, I think that um, the last year has given us a big sense of appreciation for the bigger world that has existed before us mm-hmm. and uh, didn't really need us <laughs> uh, to, in order to like be happy and healthy. And um, it, it gives us kind of a respect for that for that biggerness than ourselves yeah Uh, i remember my first interviews with the podcast i was still in my small mindset of kodiak's closed maverick's closed they're not doing dre's anymore and you know who knows if we'll ever get a scene to exist in in sonoma county line dance must be dying and then i find out about 
all of this everything everywhere. And I say, oh, wow. Just line, kidding. Line dance is doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's our area. And we, we have um, such a small glimpse into what is out there with our most local of places. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be part of it, but it's certainly not representative of it. No. Yeah. Uh, I also like here that they mention hospice centers and nursing homes, since I sing at both of those every week. That's what I do. <laughs> like, it pays rent and everything. It's not, I mean, it started as a volunteer thing, but now it's like a certainty of my life just day to day. And you uh, were a vet tech. And it says here about uh, animal shelters. I also used to have a garden back when I lived in uh, M section of Roanoke Park. And it says observing flowers that bloom and die. Um, There was a time when I lived in G section and I would get up to watch the sunrise and I would insist upon whatever it was I was doing. I had an alarm to make myself watch the sunset. And I, I think all of these things, whether or not I acknowledge them outside of like reading articles like this, Uh, All of these things have added to how I live my life today. And I think that they do contribute toward a sense of um, acknowledgement and respect for the passage of time and really appreciating what you have now because you don't have any guarantee that you're going to get to do these things later. I remember in Mavericks, uh, people would ask why I would go so full out and just like leave nothing... um, spared when I do a dance. I, I would tell them, like, I don't know if this is the last time I will get to do this dance. Mm-hmm. If I become paralyzed and I held back that time that I did my favorite dance, right. I would feel awful because I'll never get to do it again. So every time I do it could be the last time. I think that's a good way to approach um, seeing people at events, too. You don't know, just because they're booked for some future event, you don't know if you'll actually see them there. Anything could happen to either one of you. And you need to give them that hug like it's the last time you'll see them. Yep. Could be. Cultivate solitude. Our overly busy and technologically dependent lives go against the cultivation of awe. It takes the fullness of presence, the ability to pause and reflect on emotions and sensations and the willingness to savor the many shades of the moment to allow us to develop a new ethical and moral identity. This is easier done with some sort of mindfulness or meditative practice. It allows us to befriend ourselves, make room for self-reflection, and begin to notice the environment around us. But awe is more than a practice. It's a way of being, where we're able to move beyond the preoccupation with our own significance and step out of our safe and comfortable circles. Awe is wonderfully paradoxical. It frees us to experience both the fragility and the divinity within us and around us, and reminds us to embrace both the daunting and the exalting implications of life. It's this paradox that is at the core of who we are as human beings. This article again was written by Homaira Kabir on my.happify.com. It is titled Three Ways to Experience More Awe in Your Life. And there's a little postscript here about her. It says, Homaira Kabir is a women's leadership coach, a cognitive behavioral therapist, and a positive psychology practitioner 
whose work expands the breadth of the human experience. She empowers women to become leaders of their own selves in order to become leaders in relationships, at work, and in life. You can read more about her work at homairakabir.com or connect with her on Facebook and Twitter, homairakabir. Cultivate solitude. It's a little bit trickier when you're looking at it from a line dance perspective, mm. considering you ideally want more than one person on the floor for a line dance. Mm. Um, I'm not sure one person can make a line. <laughs> Um, but I think it's very important to take time for yourself. I think by taking time for yourself, um, to be by yourself, uh, is a great way for you to get to know yourself, for you to learn more about yourself and hold yourself accountable and like really learn what your strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, which allows you to bring more to the table when you come back to a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing that, you know, I have completely different life experiences than you do, um, I think makes us a stronger partnership. Hmm. I think the fact that I approach things differently than you do give us the option of learning more um, versus if you're always with someone it's very easy to take on their mannerisms and their way of thinking um versus you know knowing that it's okay to have separate opinions and separate um and different thoughts uh you can have um you don't have to agree on everything Mm. Uh, as well as knowing like certain strengths of being by yourself that you've learned about yourself um, helps you be a stronger person when it comes to um, any type of friendship or relationship or partnership or anything like that. But also, I think it also helps on the dance floor knowing that you are an individual coming together to be part of a whole. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just one more of the flock. Mm-hmm. So. I think one of the things that can help in bringing you into yourself and uh, reflect with line dance, even if everyone is around you while you're doing it, it says here mindfulness or meditative practice. There are things like walking meditations. Going deep into the dance so that you're not worried about the people around you. Um, This can be aided by the DJ creating a mood. If they know when to play an especially poignant dance so that it will have the maximum impact on you. So they're not doing... like Let's say there's a show that night and they have a few minutes before the show starts. They're not going to play Skinny Love and they probably shouldn't play Sound of Silence. Uh, But if it hits you at that right point later in the evening when you're so worn out that you don't want to have side conversations with your friends um, but you are able to still move and there's a general sense of peace in the room so that people aren't going to get all rowdy during something like She Used to Be Mine, then you can be silent and 
feel the dance from beginning to end and only peripherally know that there are people around you sharing that experience with you. This can be broken by the DJ chiming in whatever they feel like saying. It can also be um, disrupted by people out in the hallway or just people sitting in the room talking about unrelated things and not giving the dancers their moment and their time. But it is such a powerful feeling when everyone's on the same page. And I think it's most successful during a workshop after the dance has just been taught because presumably the only people who are in the room at the time are the ones there to do that dance. In a ballroom during open dance, you don't you don't know who's there. Maybe it's a bunch of people who wandered in from the street and they paid the one night of open dance cost or maybe they were there to do all the upbeat stuff like whip it and you know the beast or whatever and like all oh, this slow stuff. They just don't get it. So they're going to talk during it. When everyone's there and they're all there for that particular dance, then there's nobody sitting on the sidelines and the choreographer is standing right there on the stage and knows if you're the one who disrupted everything for everyone. Uh, that That's probably the best time for you to have that deep experience with the music. And even if you already know the dance and you don't feel like you need to take the lesson to be part of it, that is potentially your best opportunity to really feel it especially since you already know the dance at that point, so you don't have to worry about remembering anything. You can just experience it. And uh, having that experience of silence with everyone is a different experience than doing it alone in your room because that one's also silent, and yeah, there's enough room to do it in both places. But when you do it, by yourself, somehow for me, I feel like it makes me focus more on what little things I'm doing. Because I could just like stop anytime and no one would know and no one would care. I could go do whatever. I could go juggle and it wouldn't affect anything. But when you're doing it with all those people, you can't just stop. Like if you're in the middle of the floor, the dance is more powerful than you. Your implicit social agreement with everybody is more powerful than whatever you would prefer to be doing. So you completely have to surrender to four minutes of that experience in a way that you don't have to do when it's by yourself and it, nothing's at stake and no one can stop you. Very true. Yeah. Which makes me look forward to whatever events might be coming up for us um, in the next few months because it's been a little while since I've had that experience. We learned she used to be mine on her own. We didn't have that silent ballroom experience um, that I've just described. When I learned Skinny Love, I didn't feel confident in it. That was at uh, Vegas in 2015, and I didn't even make it through the whole thing. Like yeah. I had to really practice that on my own and then do it later uh, after having done it by myself many times. Uh, Fragile, I think we tried to learn on our own, and we got some of from Guyton and Fred, but... As powerful as that one has felt doing it in places like Vegas. Uh, actually, we didn't learn it all from Fred. We was just uh, just getting, but um, I still didn't feel like I really knew it. So I think what would be great is if they ever did reteach it, which would probably have to be Fred at this point, or uh, J.P. Madge, who's the other choreographer of it. That would be the sort of thing where I'd want to practice it and practice it and practice it, but get it down on my own 
so that I could have that silent, reflective ballroom experience with everybody and have the confidence, which I lacked in some place like Vegas. Because mm-hmm. the DJ was respectful during the open dance playing of that, uh, the times that we did it, and I could really feel it. The music just hits you. Right now we're working on Witness, and when I say working on, uh, we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be working on that. Uh, we we have it on our list, and it's like at the top of our list. We started to learn listen, and we'll probably come back to it at some point. That's a long dance. It's got an A and a B, and um, even Witness I think is like eighty counts. But um, have the experience of doing it in a quiet, reflective, respectful ballroom, I think would be something worth having. So taking the time to learn dances like that uh, would really add to our overall dance uh, life. I agree. Yeah. Now choreographing something <laughs> like that. Wow. Yeah. We have dances that are slow and reflective, but I don't know. I don't know how long it'll be before we know what to do with music like that. That's that, that is the question, yeah. honestly. Um, and that's why I think I've held off on so many of those really powerful songs that if I had the necessary knowledge to create something amazing, then I would have started already, but I still don't feel like I have what I need just yet. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have to learn more of those to see how they feel and how I can then translate my own emotions into steps along with those lyrics and songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, they mentioned cultivating solitude, and I have had some positive results from just playing with music on my own and having a deep relationship with like the space and the music that no one else is there to see. I can test things and play with things, and nobody can judge me for it, and I don't have to keep any of it. And if I do something that surprises me, I can just bask in that and see how much of that do I want to keep? How much of that can I share and how much would somebody else resonate with that if they did it too? We have also had a lot of success in choreographing together. This has also been to more upbeat music that we've done that. I don't know what it would be like to have a deep intimate experience with a a slower piece of music and try to share that with someone else. I mean, we have to a song recently that we just recently finished choreographing to, uh, we have managed to pull that one off. But then there are some really intense pieces, like another Ex-Ambassador song uh, that we would like, I'm sure, to do in the style of somebody like Fred or Guyton and live up to that. But we haven't actually tried putting on the music in the same room and playing with it. Do you feel like... Um, that would, that would be the way to do it and, uh, you know, bounce things off each other like we have with proven success in faster upbeat songs or is the, would that sort of choreography require solitude? And I know that other people are able to do that with each other, like run me like a river and she used to be mine and even fragile. But as for us, which way do you think would be, um, more appropriate for first timers at that sort of thing? I think it just depends on the individual because I know at first choreographing in general, um, it didn't matter what it was to. It was very exposing Mm. and it 
took me a while to get into a song and be willing to play with movement. Um, since our Can't Walk Away experience was as positive as it was, um, I feel a whole lot more comfortable specifically with you in the room playing around with steps. Mm. Um, I know if it came down to a very emotional piece, I think I would still be okay if you were in the same room. Mm. Uh, But I think that's because we've built up enough of a level of trust. That would also be something that... um, depending on the piece itself and what the lyrics are expressing and what we're hoping to express, I think that just means we would have to open up ourselves to more in-depth conversation and communication. Like, for instance, um, I need 10 minutes to try this out if I want to bring it to you then I will and then I'll open myself up for feedback and then be willing to hear whether or not the other person likes it or doesn't Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that can be very discouraging in the regular process let alone with um, an emotional piece like that I know it'd be a little bit harder for me if I found something that I really really liked the way it hit if you didn't like it Mm. but But I think that would be where um, if you were able to give me certain feedback and specific as to like why this would or wouldn't work or what you see happening here as opposed to there or, oh, no, you really liked that. um, But what if we changed just this one or two steps? I think that would be something that because we have the trust and bond that we've built up it would be something that I think you and I would be capable of doing. Mm-hmm. We just have to open ourselves up for the uh, communication a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Here is a very, very quick read, and it kind of brings things full circle as to why we are discussing awe today. The solar eclipse happened, the total solar eclipse happened across the United States on Monday, and some people say it changed their lives. On psychologytoday.com, there's an article, All Happiness and the Solar Eclipse, New Interventions with Beauty, Show a Boost to Happiness. Upon seeing the solar eclipse in the United States today, many people are reporting feeling a boost to well-being. Is this coincidental, or is it actually related to the eclipse? We don't have to look further than the research on character strengths to find the answer. One of the 24 character strengths is especially relevant here. It's referred to as an appreciation of beauty. This strength is expressed in many situations, most commonly in three situations in particular. One, when you are in nature, feeling the emotion of awe. Two, when you observe an artistic achievement, feeling the emotion of admiration. Three, when seeing the goodness of others expressed in action, feeling the emotion of elevation. Awe is the emotion most at play with the solar eclipse. This means when people look up at the sky, they feel a sense of wonder and connection with something larger than themselves. They may be left speechless or be struck with an overwhelming sense of reverence, stunned by beauty and majesty that cannot be fully comprehended. In recent research studies, the character strength behind awe, appreciation of beauty, has been found to boost happiness and even lower depression. In the short term, but not the long term. 
One study by Rene Proyer and colleagues divided over 100 adults into either a control group or a group that tracked nine beautiful things in nature, their environment, or in human behavior. The group that focused on beauty had less depression for one week and greater happiness for one month. The effects dwindled after that. Other studies focused on boosting appreciation of beauty have found comparable results. If you find yourself feeling a bit happier after viewing the solar eclipse, then perhaps you were connecting with something important outside yourself. Maybe you were reaching for that sometimes elusive feeling of awe. And the reason that the solar eclipse seemed especially relevant to me this week in in line dance terms is because I look at those three things. When you are in nature, feeling the emotion of awe, if you look at humans as being natural beings, like schools of fish or like birds, then you can look at it that way. Uh, The other two, though, when you observe an artistic achievement, sometimes just watching Speechless, when Rachel dances it, feels like, even though she didn't choreograph it, that's like watching art, moving art in front of your eyes. And number three, when seeing the goodness of others expressed in action, I think of Joe. I think of Joe anytime I think of goodness, but um, her and then other folks who light up a room and make people feel like they're part of something. They're all in it together. They're confident. They can do anything. The choreographer, instructor believes in them. And you take that feeling with you and you leave the event knowing that that's inside you, that you experience that and no one can take that away. I think the eclipse for a lot of people, especially in listening to the people's videos of it, um, it made people feel just like this is impossible, but it's happening and everything's going to be okay. All the videos that I've seen have people like giggling and cheering. And I think that line dances can make people feel that way as well. When, when you, um, when you hear them say, and that's it, that's the whole dance. People go, yay, no tags, no restarts. Yay. All that stuff. And, um, I hope that someday, maybe 2024, we get to have a shared experience as line dancers somewhere in the United States at an event where the total solar eclipse returns and we just take that moment during the workshop to all step outside and feel that together because I think it would be a very familiar feeling. Yeah, I agree. All right, that is our show for today. This has been Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with... Oh, Megan Barcelia. <laughs> and Christopher Gonzalez. And uh, we again thank you so much for listening to our talkings of line dance this week. Until next time, we will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.